0: What's up, and welcome to another episode of the Scott and Ian Show on the SBL Podcast. How you doing? How you feeling? You ready to talk about some gear? (laughs) Hey, if you clicked on this episode, get ready for a deep dive, because Scott and I get nerdy about neck construction. How the neck is joined to the body of your bass matters big time. And you might think, ah, is it just a sustain thing? Ah, is it just a feel thing? Oh, is it just like an aesthetic thing? Is it a tone thing? Is it a stability thing? Yes. (laughs) It's all of those things. And it is fascinating because I've got all those bases. I have examples of all those bases. I bust them out. I play them for you. I plug them in. Scott wonders, huh? Are we hearing what we're actually thinking we're hearing? I mean, is all this just BS? Or is there some truth to this? Does this stuff hold water? You're about to find out. You are about to find out. Here, let me just tell you what's going on at SBL this week. We've got a mentor session coming up Tuesday, May 9th with Ariane Cap called A Cool Trick to Learn, This Challenging Double Chromatic Approach Lick. Do you know that every Monday we do mentor sessions, live streams, with a bunch of fantastic educators. Ariane Cap is one of them, Todd Johnson, I Do It, Michael League, Jacob Umansky from the amazing instrumental metal band Intervals does it. We have such a good time hang out with us on Scott's Bass Lessons. Oh, do, do you do you need another reason to check it out? You haven't checked out that free 14-day trial yet? Check it out. We're doing the Spring Jump Start. It's actually in the last week of being able to do that. We have free lessons available. There's slap lessons, there's walking bass lessons, there's beginner lessons. They're absolutely free to grab. And if you decide to become a member right now, we have a $50 off a year membership promotion going right now. I think it makes it just shy of 150 bucks for a year which for what we offer on the platform is a fantastic bargain even if i do say so myself which i do that's enough of that though let's get into this episode tell me tell me what's up tell me what's up with um you've got a guard on your wrist what happened
1: i'm a complete dick that's what happened (laughs) there's no excuse i took the kids ice skating Yes. I took the kids ice skating and, um, you know, and I was like, I haven't been ice skating for years. Like th- yeah. the last time I went ice skating, I was about 10 or something like that. I've only been twice in my entire life. So yeah. i got out on the ice and I'm like, ooh, ooh, a bit wobbly. Huh? The kids are wobbling <laughs> and stuff like that. Anyway, half an hour goes by and I'm I basically think like I'm in sort of like... <laughs> I'm in some sort of like Canadian ice hockey team, man. I'm steaming around this thing like a psychopath. Blades of Glory. Blades. I was trying to do skids and all that kind of stuff. Because I can actually, like, I, won't, I wouldn't say I can, well, no, I can skate okay. Like, you know, like rollerblades and stuff like yeah, that. sure. I can do that all right. Because um, I take the kids all the time. so I've and, and I did it a lot when I was a kid. So I've got some skating chops. And oh, they are yeah. transferable, right? So I'm like is, steaming around these eyes. Some island, is the operative zooming word. Zooming around. You know, like, yeah, exactly. Like, kid, like, the parents must have been watching me just thinking, who is this? Complete <laughs> ding bat, you know. Like, oh, it's a dad. He's brought his kids down. He's oh, yeah. like having a better, better time than they are, anyway. And you know, inevitably, oh. I did something, and and one of the the uh, the front edge, the front corner of the blade just stuck right in the ice. So I did oh. like a Superman dive and <laughs> landed. Like on flat bang on my, on my hands, yeah. And I didn't have any wrist guards on or anything like that. So oh. when you go skating, you wear wrist guards, but for whatever Supposed reason, to. ice skating, you don't. Like, oh, oh right. they did, yeah, they didn't give us any. Like, Dude. when I'm doing roller skating, they give me it, but yeah.
0: Like, somehow the ice is uh, more forgiving, but it isn't. Yeah,
1: it's like, well, it doesn't hurt that much. Yeah, So <laughs> let me tell you, it it's freaking just hurt. A bit of water. Yeah, a bit of water. <laughs> a,
0: bit of, yeah. a bit of water. And I, All right. and I yeah. hit
1: the ice and yeah and it's just ever since then it's sort of like and the funny thing is as well i didn't even i've done this before i'll sort of like do something and then like you know like several weeks maybe four weeks eight weeks even longer afterwards i'll be like oh this thing's my knees really hurting or whatever and it and i'll be like oh it was this time like months ago so this happens sort of like i don't know like two months ago or something like that at least six weeks ago oh, I think. really i thought it just happened this no. is this is old Th- this has been ago. waiting
0: this injury this has, has been, been waiting, waiting to yeah. crop up
1: yeah exactly that so oh. and then i was like oh what is this and it was like really hurting and it was just like all the time waking up in the night and it was aching and oh, shit wow. like that yeah like bad and then i was like oh it's the ice skating disaster it's wow. the incident yeah
0: do, you Ugh. didn't you didn't break it did you by chance no
1: i don't think so don't think so i haven't had it looked at <laughs> there's like a particular God. spot like right on the top of it that's really sore ultimately yeah. i need to go to a doctor and get him to check it check it out <laughs> yeah I I think am, you i'm should. Not sure yeah i'm not sure about you but i am the uh the epitome Of the man who never goes to the doctor. Like, things can be falling off me. I never go. The last time I went to the doctor was maybe over 10 years ago.
0: Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah. Hey, listen, I also (laughs) feel that same way. I feel that same way. I don't like going (sighs) to the doctor. I haven't been maybe for a year or two. But
1: you got to cut that shit out. You got to go. I know, yeah. I know, yeah. <laughs> well, I think i go to the physio. I think we're going to go to the physio. Get them to stick some gel on it. Do I can't put some do gel it. in it. Yeah, just you know, just put a bit of cream on it. Put a bit of cream on it. Stick some needles in it. Do a bit of what's that sort of like acupuncture? Acupuncture. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that'll solve it for you. Yeah, they'll just so take gonna, it right as rain. Yeah, I'm just we'll saying, see. you got to get to that dock because you know you got you got to make sure everything's cool. Everything's cool. Nothing's bubbling below the surface.
1: Yeah, like it feels okay. I can still play actually. There's no pain or anything like in my fingers and stuff like that. But I do want to get it done because I've got this album coming up, and I don't want it sort of like flaring up or something weird going on when I'm recording this album. That would yes. be not not cool. I'd be really pissed off at myself if that happened. So yeah. I'm gonna yeah, do my best to try and take it seriously we, are we
0: talking are we talking f bases for the record are we talking f bass and Ibanez for the record are we talk, what are we talking
1: well <laughs> it's 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 a confu- it's a confusing land at the minute
0: yeah I know
1: I've been playing a lot of the tracks on the Willis fretless yes but I have been checking out a Fretless F bass as well that mm. is for sale in London. That is so, and just to be completely transparent, I just, I love that Willis bass. Yes. But I also don't, <laughs> you know what yes. it's like about, oh, he's got the Gary Willis signature bass. Oh, he's got his fanboy. And well, I am yes. a Gary Willis fanboy, <laughs> yeah, right, but right. I'm not sure. I, I, I would love it to be my own thing, right? Yeah, I That's agree. A, yeah, that's yeah. the thing, right?
0: And there's something too about like you're playing with a bunch of guys that have played with Willis.
1: Exactly. So it's like Scott Kinsey on keys and yeah. Gergo, and they'll be like, "Ooh, Lil Willis!" Like Willis has had a little a little love child. You know,
0: it's so, Lil Lil Willis L I L apostrophe yeah. Lil Willis. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll go in. I'll have my mountain bike. Oh, you don't want to be Lil I'll Willis. I'll be wearing my mountain bike. gear and i wear my cap and sort of like you know nike hat maybe i should just lean really into it
0: (laughs) (laughs) just full on just like like cranked down like nike hat exactly tucked in i mean man i remember his vibe dude his vibe was impeccable yeah in like uh those first that the instructional dvd or i guess it was vhs silver base. Oh. yeah and it's like tucked into jeans i feel like kind of maybe stonewashed Yo, jeans, yeah stonewashed, dude
1: yeah the vibe going on man yeah. He? yeah yeah he
0: had a yeah. vibe man it was like <laughs> it was normcore before normcore was that you yeah. know it was like it was like like hip dad vibes man dude I, he would be super i, I hip thinking right that
1: that what he's yeah. wearing that I would know. be like super like the the cap the way, the the shape of it is actually like reeling yes. in right now. The shirt. The dad hat, they call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The, the shirt, super. I'm not sure I'd have it tucked in. But and, and the jeans, <laughs> uh, like basically, yeah. it's come back around. The
0: whole thing. The whole thing's yeah. come back around. We're just old enough to have seen it come back around, you know, like I feel like multiple times yeah. almost. If anybody wants <laughs> to like, check oh, this out, that.
1: just go to YouTube and write in. Uh, is it Gary Willis Modern Electric Bass? Modern Electric Bass. I think so. Base. Yeah, it is. The playing in that is outlandish. It is, it is outlandish. Maybe I think that is it. Self defense might be the coolest bass performance <laughs> I've ever seen in my life.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, that, oh, yeah. What I, I fell in love with Gary's thing, man, and like his—he has this incredible combo of like jocko Rocco prestia like 16th note thing but it's almost more it hit me more like electronic in a way like it hit me more like less funk yeah and more kind of like angular and uh, and then there was aspects of his playing that reminded me like a little bit even of mick karn like it was just obtuse enough for me, like, as kind of a rock guy, to pay attention. Yeah. I wasn't yeah, really listening yeah. to a lot of jazz bass players coming up, but Gary felt meaner in a really cool way. Like he felt like more dangerous or something. Yeah. Like dude. his playing just felt like teethy.
1: Well, it, well, and- yeah. He's got actually, I think when he plays down low, it had sort of like a real synth feel to it, yeah, you know, like the attack of yes. the note, especially like on self-defense, a great example of that, like when he he's playing some stuff down, like even his solo lines and they sound really, there's something kind of synth-like about them, but he yeah. is like more groove-based than you know, like there's, there's something, re- you can tell that he has sort of like a deep uh, respect and love for groove-based music, like the you know, yeah. like uh, Paul Jackson, and you know, with with the Headhunters and with Rocco, and he, he definitely comes from that school of player. Yeah. But he's got this. I was going to say this extra gear. I think he's got about a hundred extra gears I know, than most yeah, of the bass players. Gears. There's a lot of gears there, but yeah, but that that video man I used to take it around to all my friends house you know houses they used to be into like oh, <laughs> oh dude right. yeah. I, they and used to you yeah that. we'd be watching like Smashing Pumpkins and oh, we'd be watching no. Foo Fires and then when nobody was <laughs> nobody was watching I'd like slip in the, the Willis DVD or the Willis VHS uh, and get self-defense on and like I can remember them like <sighs> I was so oblivious at the time they must just, just been like is this guy smoking crack or what like what is this it was like crazy But, man, it was so cool. I love that you
0: did that. It was awesome. I love that you did that. That is true love, man. That is true dedication to be like, look... I'm gonna, I'm gonna like remove the music of today, like of the the pop music of today, and you, we are gonna check out some tribal tech right
1: now. Yeah, yeah, It's <laughs> That is yeah. great. That is great. I loved it. it was I was completely Incredible. oblivious to it as well. I, I honestly just thought, God, these guys must be loving this, and they must have just been <laughs> like, "What are you talking about?"
0: Oh, that is great. Did, were they nice to you? Did they like let it play?
1: Or were they trying to get into it? Um, they were. I was. If I had to take a random guess, like I was great on guitar when I was a kid, you know, <laughs> listen to me, yeah. I was great. But I was, I was good, was you know, when great. I was sort of like, yeah. when I was yes. hanging out with them kids, I was 16 and I was like rocking the Vi solos and stuff like that. My, they respected my point is, yeah, they thought yeah. I was a badass. And right. me turning up with these, you know, Willis videos, they must have just been like, they must have just been like like i don't think they they would have been like oh this is crap they would have just thought oh this is obviously what he's getting into to expand as a musician yep. and stuff like that they were cool they oh, were they cool. were cool guys yeah they were cool oh, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like, uh, I feel like I had that same kind of thing with my friends in high school. But then when I went to college and I was like, hey, guys, check out, like, Under the Table and drumming. Like, you know, oh, like, yeah, oh, bass players, yeah, we, we got to check out the Carter Beaufort drumming. Yeah. You know, people were like, no way. Like, I got teased mercilessly for the things that I like. Is that the one with college. Victor
1: in it? Is Victor Wooten in it? No, that's, that's like, a uh,
0: that's a different one. This is, this is him just playing drums. I don't even know if... If there's a bass player in it there might be it's him
1: playing along but with I the remember um, buying that yeah it's him playing along with the uh, dave playing. matthews tracks isn't it yeah exactly and killing yeah, it yeah Killing it. Oh, just killing it. He's I mean, got his gloves on. A, he's got his, he's yeah. got his, <laughs> yeah. like, colourful yeah. top on. It's like, tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tight. <laughs> so tight. Yeah, yeah tight. Yeah. That jersey
0: kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think,
1: like, yeah. uh, yeah. Do you know what I've been thinking about recently? Like, obviously, like, we're doing this album, like, Simon and I, and Simon King, if anybody doesn't know, Simon King, he wrote all the tracks for the album. So we're recording this album with, uh, Scott Kinsey and, uh, Gergo and Dave Binney and stuff. Anyway, so... And it's it's like it's unashamedly fusion. It is fusion, like hardcore fusion, yeah, from sure is. right from like tribal tech and chick career and and that kind of um, era of music was really eighties through the nineties. That's when it was really its heyday, and it kind of sort of like phased out around two thousand. There were yeah. still great players, you know, great fusion players, but they were, they were, I guess, sort of like approaching composition in a slightly different way. It was definitely less orchestrated. Like the people that yes. jumped to mind are like Matt, Matt Garrison, Yannick Guizdala, Hadrian uh Tony Gray, did some really fantastic albums. It was definitely less angular, less, you know, orchestrated it was kind of like more kind of song based stuff but with like blazing and song and groove based stuff with blazing bass playing uh whereas the the early 80s and stuff in the 90s were definitely there was a lot of stabs man <laughs> there's a lot of stabs there's like a lot of unison lines right. a lot of unison lines <laughs> so so my point is that with it like I've kind of been thinking about, because we're doing a video, we're doing all, we're recording all of it live. So we're going to play all of it live in the studio and we're going to record it all. We're going to film it all kind of like snarky puppy style, you know, like they did where it's beautifully, beautifully shot and stuff like that. And we've done that stuff before with like the stuff that I did with uh, Gary Novak and uh, Josh Smith was, that was shot really well. Um But I, I was thinking, like, wouldn't it be cool the way that John Mayer, when he released that album that was like a throwback to the 80s and he had all of his oh. bands sort of like an 80s oh, vibe. Yeah, yeah. But here's yeah, the right. thing, like, there's not that many – I can't figure out. I was like part of me was like, wouldn't it be cool if there was like some kind of if it was obvious, like it was obvious with John Mayer, like yes. he was doing sort of like an eighties style, early nineties style record, it was it was obvious because of the aesthetic of the video. But I'm not right. sure how to make the aesthetic of the of the video. <laughs> Obviously, sort of like, you know, a throwback to the 80s and 90s without oh dressing in stonewashed jeans and wearing shirts right. tucked in, which I don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I-, oh, yeah. I wondered if there was some other hat tip. What's the hat tip to the 80s the and 90s tip. in terms of video aesthetic? What's the hat tip?
0: I mean, it could be things in the background. It could be like a, a row of VHS tapes that are sort of subtly placed, you know, you know, in the in the shelves of the studio behind. It could be memorabilia based. I, I do love though this idea that like everybody walks in the studio, you know, Nate from Snarky Puppy, Scott from Tribal Tech, you know, Gergo, and and, and you have wardrobe like on a clothing <laughs> rack, and you're like, all right, guys, it's hypercolor T-shirts, yeah, you know, that are going to get like change colors in the places you sweat, like such yeah. a terrible what. That was such a terrible but amazing idea. Do, some and people like, won't you know, even there's know stone you're jeans. About. Yeah. What were they called, those <laughs> yeah. what were they called? Hypercolor, hypercolor at least color, over yeah. here. Yeah, hypercolor. It was like a company that made this clothing that it would change colors based on your body heat. So, you know, you'd be wearing a blue shirt and then you'd sweat a little and your armpits would turn orange. Yeah, it was you know? <laughs>
1: awesome and terrible all at the same time.
0: <laughs> you're gonna make somebody wear zubas. Did you guys have zubas?
1: Um
0: those are no. pants that were like big puffy kind of like balloony looking like MC Hammer pants. Oh, they had like we did have stripes them. on them and we stuff. We didn't really? have them.
1: We that's just had you guys are
0: cool. like tight
1: jeans, really really See, tight jeans shit, in though. the 90s. Yeah,
0: we went we went way. Did you guys ever have like big big baggy stuff Huge, that happened in the like late 90s? Yeah, okay. Baggy. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, jeans, yeah, yeah.
0: Yes. But you didn't do the Zubas, so there was no like uh, parachute MC Hammer pant vibe.
1: Th- not that I knew about. Not that I knew about. Yeah. I'm just. I'm looking at uh, the. Uh, there's a, a great video of. I'm going to mute this. There's a great video of the Omar Hakim band uh, yeah. with Victor Bailey playing bass, and that was. Let me just see if I can see when this was actually filmed. It was definitely like early '90s, I think. But damn, it was awesome. Check check this out. Oh, hang on, I'm trying to get the. Why, because of the
0: sound or because of the clothing choices?
1: Well, actually, I'm looking at the clothing choices and the video choices now. But the track's awesome. Oh, yeah. Omar Hakim.
0: Oh, he's such a monster.
1: Can you hear that okay?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. like the keyboard marimba sound
1: (laughs) yes yes (laughs) it
0: just screams this era yeah
1: so victor is wearing it oh yeah got a blazer on
0: hell yeah he does
1: yeah he does what a great player They sound great.
0: Yeah, they sound great. I don't know, dude. What is it? Is it like you got a box of Teddy grams that you're snacking on? I don't know. Man. I don't know if you guys had those over there. Like, I'm just going to put it. I'm
1: going to point out as I'm watching this video, I've just realized that this idea of a hat tip to, to the late 80s, and the <laughs> early 90s is crap. <laughs> it's a terrible idea. <laughs> it's it, I think it might be a bad
0: idea. <laughs> yeah. Although I do think you can have something subtle. I think you I, you got to sneak in the Willis VHS. You you know, in a in a studio shelf, as the you know, as the camera's panning by, I could do that. It's just a little sneaky tip, yeah. But don't make those guys wear hypercolor t shirts no, and Zubas.
1: No, no, they hate No you. blazers. Did you guys call them blazers? <laughs> yeah we call it like like a
0: jacket sort of like a sports jacket kind of vibe yeah i don't think we call them is sports that I,
1: jackets over here that sports jacket thing really always i was like do people play sports in these like uh yeah i yeah. don't know
0: why it would i don't know why we call it that but yeah blazer We call bla- it blazer a blazer well. yeah
1: yeah i can remember my yeah. mum saying that i needed to get a blazer for a wedding <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah that's cool the one thing that still baffles me is vest like because for us, vest means something that is fancy that you're going to put on. It, it's like the the second layer in a tuxedo, right? Oh. You've got the dress shirt, you've got a vest that goes over that buttons, right? Yeah, and then you've got the jacket, the, the sports, the so the, the uh, sports vest. So the well,
1: <laughs> The vest is the waistcoat. Yes, dude, waistcoat, the waistcoat, yeah. Me,
0: Definitely don't say that over here. Waistcoat. Yes. And you guys say vest for like, uh we call them wife beaters, which that's
1: terrible. <laughs> what is, we, we pro- the, what is pr- the official name? Probably no one name, calls though. that. What's the official name of a wife? That is, the official... I feel guilty even <laughs> saying that term.
0: I know. like I, I regret that it came out of my mouth. It's probably not cool to say anymore. I'm probably just now going to get canceled. But yes, that's what everyone used to call those. Uh, what else would you call that? A sleeveless tee. A tank top, dude.
1: A tank top. Are you sure? A tank no. top US. Yeah, okay. put in tank top. Oh yeah? That's
0: a vest, right? See? Yeah. And you guys call that vest. And do you know whenever someone said, Oh just wearing my vest like when you're like, Oh yeah, I should do it, just wearing my vest, I thought, Oh, interesting, like just wearing like a waistcoat?
1: Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's the look. Maybe that's my look, <laughs> dude. That's it. Just that's the that's the hat tip. I'd have to go and do some freaking pumping in the gym, dude. I'm, I'm
0: you know, like <laughs> it's, it's waistcoats if, for if everyone. If you're wearing
1: just a waistcoat, oh. there needs to be some substance behind Can, it. There ain't no substance in the minute. It's just. <laughs> Can yeah. you imagine
0: handing Gergo Borlai a waistcoat and saying, "Mate, like this." This is, is it. The vibe. This is the. Vibe. <laughs> and he's like, oh, he's like, great. Like what under it? And you're like birthday yeah, suit under nothing.
1: I'll like tell you what, man. There's some talking about great, like, just, <laughs> you know, seeing what people used to wear, like, years ago, and yeah. just, yeah, seeing them react to it. I'm a huge fan of Gary Husband, um, the drummer Gary yeah, Husband. He's actually from Leeds, yeah. but doesn't live in Leeds anymore. He's, like, obviously played with Alan Holdsworth and Level 42 yeah. and, like, all of these. And, and he's an incredible artist in his own right. But when he played... In the late 80s and early 90s, when he played with Alan Holdsworth, he used yes. to play in Speedos. Are you serious? And that's it. Just no. Speedos.
0: Just just a tiny pair of shorts. Just.
1: Oh, not shorts, dude. Do you know what Speedos are? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Okay. A tiny yeah. pair of
0: under, underwear-esque uh, bathing suit. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. He, that's what he used to wear. Just... And I in, just that, just that, nothing on top. Yeah, he actually commented it a few weeks ago. There was a picture of him on his Instagram, and he was like, "I cannot believe that I used to go on stage like that this." Is incredible. Yeah, maybe the that's concerts, the look. Too. Maybe that's the look.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine telling Nate Worth? Yeah, just. Yeah, you know, if if you feel a little insecure, just hide behind that big percussion rack of stuff you got. And Here's your it's pants. gonna be all good, dude. Here's
1: your pants. Wear these.
0: <laughs> Here's your <laughs> pants. Oh, all the clothing things just mean different things. I know. It's yeah, bonkers, that took me a long time too. Do you know? Finally, when I got the vest reference was when I watched Toast of London, which is a BBC Four show. That's that when you I got loved. it. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. And he he was saying he was going to do something in his vest. And then he had an undershirt, a tank top on. Yeah. And I was like, that's a vest? <laughs> it, I, that was like two years ago. Like it was not, you know, not long.
1: Here we are. Yeah. We're making a difference in You're the really? world, you and I, you know. We're clearing up the confusion. Listen, listen, it's important. These are the hard hitting issues, dude.
0: Exactly. You can go to other podcasts to you can go to other podcasts to listen to, you know, world news and heavy things, but Scott and I are tackling the real issues. The real shit. British versus American slang, the hard-hitting issues, dude. Look what hard I've got. Hitting.
1: Look what I've got here. If you if you're listening to the podcast, if you're listening to it on iTunes, just to put it out there, that we have the podcast. On YouTube as well so you can do, actually do. watch it and you can see us like looking into each other's eyes but but and also we sometimes play basses and hold basses up like this Oh my god yeah. look at that thing. We hold bases up like this so if you haven't checked out the YouTube channel just go to Scott's Bass Lessons podcast on YouTube you'll find it and make sure you subscribe because that means when we release another one you're going to get notified and all that cool stuff. The reason I pulled this up though <laughs> is because yeah? somebody I know yeah Ian <laughs> has got another like a well basically a, another version of this which is a Ken Smith yeah. 80s four string When's this yes. one? Do you know when this one... I'm, I'm asking you about my base. I can't remember. Let me have a look. Let me find out. when yours? I think yours is
0: earlier. I thought yours was an 84, and this one is an 85. Oh, God. As if, as if we haven't, you know, mimicked each other enough. Like, now I buy a friggin' four-string Ken Smith. Just puke, but I love it, dude. I love it. Exactly. It this this thing is so cool. And when I played yours over in Leeds, yeah, I was like, Oh, yeah, this is pretty great. Especially the early ones. I'm sure the ones that they make now are great, but the early ones have that Vinnie Fodera connection.
1: Yeah. Right? Was that made by talking Vin-
0: yeah. Well, I think it's the era. I don't know if it was made, but it has this neck joint. And I posted this on Instagram. And, um you know, when Vinny was making these, they took this neck joint idea from like a repaired upright base. And it was what the early version of the Fodera dovetail joint Got right, it. where yeah. you're combining a center wood. And the neck. So it's not neck through in that there isn't a block of neck wood that goes all the way through, but it's not bolted on and it's not glued on. It's jointed. It's like woodworked on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's woodworked. I I said that. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's combined into this center wood. And is yours the same? Same.
1: So I've just pulled up the I was just checking online. Actually, mine's a nineteen eighty four.
0: Four, yep, yeah, okay. Yeah,
1: when's yours, 86?
0: Yeah. 85.
1: Oh, 85, so it might have been made yep. by Vinny. It looks yep. like the neck joint is. Yep, yep. In fact, there are a couple of
0: people, Jordan Cortesi from Aguilar, shout out to Jordan. He was like, ah, that's a Vinny bass, I know it. And there are a couple other people too that because were like, oh yeah, of the yeah, neck yeah. Joint. yeah, because of the neck joint. Mitch too, at uh, at Alinto, he was like, oh yeah, that's a Vinny bass for sure. Um, there are a few people that have, that have said that. Oh, and also... um Uh, And also, Will DeYoung.
1: Oh, yeah, because he used to work with the shop manager there.
0: Yeah, and now he's at Spectre. Uh, But man, what an amazing, amazing instrument. So, you know, if if we're talking today about neck construction, (laughs) like like you clicked on this expecting a deep dive into neck construction. Oh, and we're going to give it to you. We are going (laughs) to give it to you. A little out of order, I suppose, but. This is a very interesting take on how to join a neck to a body. This is not typical, but it's very beautiful. What's it called? It's a dovetail, so cool. is it? Is it a dove dovetail? Tail, this is yeah. the early dovetail joint, and now the the foderas foderas are made with a different looking dovetail joint. But I believe the idea is similar, where you know you do this interlocking pattern in the woods, right? And then I'm sure it is glued. Yeah. But it isn't. It isn't one block. Set into another block with glue, like a Gibson that I'll show you. Yeah. And I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. I think that's the essence of it. Yeah. Is that there's no bolts and it isn't one block glued to another block, it's locked in. Like, you know, if you think of a dovetail joint of how, you know, like, cabinets are joined, I think that's the idea, the principle that's going on with these early Smiths.
1: Yeah, and I I guess that this will be, just to put it out there as well, that all of the different, uh, if you're new to, I guess, sort of learning about bass construction, the different uh, necks and specifically neck joints do have an effect on the sound. So they do
0: and on how they feel too, like how they, how they resonate in your hands. Yes. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What, what would you characterize that difference to be?
1: What the, the actual, the way that it feels in my hands or the actual tone.
0: Yeah. Like between something that is like a dovetail or a neck through, which we'll show you in a bit too, versus the classic like fender bolt on.
1: Yeah. So there's like, should we, Talk about the different types, right? So there's the bolt-on, which yep. is I'm going to hold one up so everybody can see. I'll it. hold one up too. Yep. So this is a bolt-on neck, and then we'll talk about the sounds of them. So this is a bolt-on neck where the neck is bolted onto the body, and this was popularized by Leo Fender. That's how he yeah. he made the uh, the OP bases and the J bases. They were all bolt-ons it's
0: got they holding an F base that has bolts that are just going straight through the body wood of the banana base the banana it's very base yellow it's very yellow <laughs> So it's four bolts that are asymmetrical into a neck block, into the heel of the neck that's holding the uh, neck in. And I love that you have that one. That's a particular vibe. The one that I have here is a Warren Saku bass. Um, Yours has got like more a neck of the classic. plate
1: on it, hasn't it? Yeah,
0: exactly. Which is that classic Fender thing, right, where there's a neck plate where the bolts go in. Let me see if I can get it closer without the shine on it. There we go. Uh, difficult, but yeah, where you've got this plate that's bolted on, the bolts go through the plate, through the body, into the neck, and I also wanted to show this because this neck plate was hand uh, engraved by Paula at Vorinsaku, who is just so awesome. She does all these amazing hand engravings, and it's just... Beautiful, and I love this classic design. But it's cool that you have that one there too, because that's more of like a modern, sort of sleek. There's no plate, right? It's just yeah. The the bolts are recessed, so you don't feel the plate. Yeah, you don't feel the bolts.
1: Before we get on to sort of like the sound of them, what what's what's the sort of like the bonus in terms of uh, feel between, let's say, a uh, a base with a plate like yours, more traditional, yep. and one like this. What's the what are the benefits of having something without a plate, for instance?
0: Well, I mean, I feel like I feel like you want to answer that, right? It, isn't it's about when your hand goes up into the high register, you don't feel the block, right? So, exactly. like on this yeah. base, I've got this big block. Where because this is more like Fender style, your hand encounters this, but I have never. Not liked that just because that's what I know. Yeah, me But either. it is a thing, right? It's like it's a thing, and so modern, you know, more like modern style bases aimed to remove that block so that your hand could glide all the way up to the 24th fret, yeah, or the twenty-second fret. <laughs> I don't know, right? Twenty-second like on the that way one, yeah. Okay, yeah. twenty-second, yeah, right. And you have access all the way up, and you're not encountering that block. Yeah. But I will say, just for me, the block is almost almost like a comfort zone. I like feeling it. I rest my thumb on it when I'm up high. Like to me, the block feels great because it's just the thing that I kind of grew up with, with, you know, Got it. sort of, I guess, vintage style.
1: It's interesting like when, you look, you? when you look at the F base, there's no block there at all, is there? So there's, exactly, there's no plate right. and there's no block. So Mm -hmm. because there's two different things, right? There's there's the block and then there's the plate. So the F-Base doesn't have any plate. It doesn't have any block. But I have got a base I'm going to grab over here in a minute that has a block but no plate. Check it out. Oh, my God. A third
0: version? A block and no plate?
1: (laughs) A block? Yeah. Yeah, a block with no plate. So again, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. And again, if you're not checking out the podcasts on YouTube, all you need to do is go to YouTube, write Scott's a podcast, and you'll find us. So there is a base with a block but no plate. Yes. It's an Ibanez. Um, and, and the reason, and, and I, I kind of guess that there's, the reason that this hasn't got a plate is, to Ian's point earlier, they've been able to round it all off. So when you've got yeah. a plate on the back, in general, you're going to the edges of the block are going to have ninety degree angles. So you've got yeah. that block to kind of like pin it into, and it sits flat. Whereas this Ivanes base, they've gone with the block still, so just kind of like very similar to a, a fender bolt on, but they haven't used a plate, and that's given them the ability to round it all off. So when you're playing yes. it. When you go up high, and right now I'm up to the sort of like the eighteen, nineteen, twenty, like right up there, right up towards the twenty fourth fret, I have got. There's nothing really in the way of my hand. I can feel the block, but it's not a big. It's got not a big deal. And if I grab the F bass, let me just sort of like side by side comparison this for you. If I grab the F bass, yeah, like. There's definitely a difference, but it's not huge. Like, it doesn't sure. yeah. annoy me when I can feel the block. Yeah. But if I was, just to put it out there, if I was, like, playing lots of, if I was playing, so, for instance, this album I'm doing right now, if I was trying to do that on a traditional jazz-based style instrument with a block, yes, then it would be getting in my way. It definitely you notice it. It, it. For sure, because it's like, there's loads of melody stuff that's really up high, so being kind of free, really up high, is, is definitely an advantage for that style of music, for sure.
0: Right. So, yeah. It, this is also, like, it really speaks to aesthetics, right? Because, you yeah. know, the instrument that I'm holding here, this Saku is very, like, Fender-inspired, very, like, classic car vibes. The block is part of that thing. The plate is part of that thing. And typically, when you're drawn to something like this, you're may- you maybe didn't spend a lot of time listening to Gary Willis and Tribal Tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And so the players that are really needing that access into the upper register to, to jazz bro shred, which uh, I love, but I just can't do very well, then you may want to choose an instrument that uh, has more access up there. Um yeah. h- before we move on to something else Scott can we talk about the sound characteristic of of like what people talk about with bolt on
1: Yeah yeah absolutely so I'm just making notes here as well so we can we can just sort of like go over this as we as we're going through it and just to sort Love of it. like yeah before we just get onto the sound of the bolt on um if you, if you're if you're taking notes as we're going through this basically this <laughs> Three. Nobody's taking notes. Oh, dude. Maybe somebody Some is. Are is. you taking notes somebody out there? Somebody as nerdy as I am is. If they're as nerdy as I am, they are. <laughs> so there's basically three different types of bolt-on. Yeah. There's a traditional fender style with a block and a plate. You got it. There's the less traditional style that still has a block but no plate, and is generally rounded off, so feels a little smoother in the hand, and you can get up to those higher higher frets a little easier. And then you've got the bases like the F base, for instance, where there is basically no block. It's bolt-on still, but no block. Right. Uh, yeah. And and
0: in that version, too. Well, there, there's going to be people that will say, "Well, but there's of course this." People use separated plates. I mean, I remember Yamaha using you know two different plates that connected the screws, but not a plate for the whole thing. I mean, there's variations of this, but I agree; those are the main three. Yeah, those are definitely the main three.
1: The Billy base has a uh, interesting. Yeah, the bolts
0: are, like, maybe at an angle that pull the neck into the pocket or
1: something. Yeah, I'm trying to find (laughs) a picture of it at the minute, but I can't find any of the back. Oh, here it is. Rock-solid neck joint. Okay, yeah, so the Billy Sheehan, um, the Billy Sheehan signature base, the Yamaha, the newest model that he's doing anyway, has got the neck is, goes really far into the body. So it's a bolt-on, but it goes really far into the body. That's the... Uh, that's one of the differences. Um, and Overwater actually do the same there. Some of their bolt ons go really, like, really far into the body because you're trying to get vibration transfer. You're trying to get the actual. Sure. Which is when we were talking earlier, you said when you've got like a neck through or a bolt on or. Um, a glued neck, which we'll talk about. Like, they feel different in the hands from a resonance perspective because some of them, you know, transfer the vibration in different ways. Now, I will right. say that this isn't all down to neck joint. It also it is not. It's like a mix. When you're making a bass Ugh. or when you're buying a bass, it's, it's the... It's the the mix of all of the different elements that really come into play. So it's the body wood, the neck wood, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but fingerboard wood. But part of it is the neck joint. So just to take it back to the uh, the Billy Sheen bass, it's actually a three bolt neck. So it's very. If you, if you guys check this out on the internet. Uh, Put the Billy Sheehan base bolt on, or B- Billy uh, Billy Sheehan attitude base bolt on. Um, and you'll see on the back it's got three bolts, so it's actually very similar to the F base in that way. It hasn't got a block. They've got rid of the block completely. It's got three yep. bolts, no plate, no block, and then it's got two screws way, way, way far down into the body that actually go into the neck at a 45-degree angle That's to pull the neck hard into the body so you get a better transfer of energy and vibration. So, yeah. And
0: when Billy was playing, you know, all that talus, Mr. Big, especially in Mr. Big, he's bending the neck and he's doing all this stuff, you know, and I mean, he was really hard on his instruments, and so he wanted something that would, uh, yeah, that would really stand up on the road and feel really great and... And I have regret about selling my first Billy Sheehan bass. It was my first real bass, Scott. My grandma, my grandma helped me buy it, and I <laughs> sold it. Got <laughs> I Just feel stupid for doing that. What color was it? Uh, it was the it was the original ver- limited edition one. It was lightning blue. It was, it the, was blue the blue one, one that had the pink with the perloid perloid guard. Yeah. Uh, Well, no, it was just a straight white guard. Yeah, it was it was called lightning blue and it had pink inlays and the neck had a this was so hip. The neck had a slight pink tint to the to the lacquer. So in certain lights, the neck looked a little bit pink. It was so badass. It was the limited one. Yeah. With the woofer pickup and the epoxy covered Demarzio and the two outputs and the whole deal. And the, it had a hip shot on it. And it had scalloped yeah, frets. Yeah, dude. Scalloped frets. It had scalloped yeah. frets up high. And I, the crazy thing about that instrument is it was so Billy. And I had a bass teacher that was really into Billy Sheehan. But I wasn't you that into it. Billy Sheehan. Like, I, I mean, I liked it, but I it was so it was really headstock heavy and it always just felt kind of unwieldy it had a giant p bass neck yeah. on it and i kind of wanted an ibanez like i kind of wanted to move in like the uh gary willis direction or like a specter direction or something like a little more nimble yeah, yeah. this thing was just this tugboat of like a hair metal base and i yeah i remember never actually getting along with
1: it i'm looking at all, i'm I mean, looking at them it now i've got them up on reverb i'm sort of like geeking yeah, out on the oh yamaha God, our attitude Billy Sheehan signature bass dude I've sat next to Billy and played his bass this is the outlandish thing it is yep the action is not low it is no, not right low he just plays it like a complete monster like, he's just—he's a, a like, freaking uh, he's alien, yeah. Like, I yeah, imagine that his bass is just going to have this incredibly low setup to let him and allow him to do all of the outlandish things that he does on the bass. But he wasn't like that at all. He obviously just plays right. it really hard and just has a frightening technique. But to, to, what, yeah. to your point or your question, what does it sound like? Well, out of the three main different types of neck joint the bolt on the glued and the neck through the bolt on has the punchiest sound that's mm, to mm. t- and i've had people luthiers specifically give me the the full lowdown is because there's frequencies missing there's less frequencies mm. in a bolt on neck versus a neck through or a glued in neck and the human ear fills in those missing frequencies so it sounds mm. punchier
0: there you go. Well, and I heard Roger Sadowski say something one time that, that I was like, Oh, I finally kind of get this where the bolt on construction interrupts, right? There's like an interruption because it's not all yeah. sort of one glued piece. Yeah. So that what happens is you get this bump of attack. Like the, the first, the initial attack that you play is like, Oh, and then the tail of the note gets sort of stymied by the neck yeah. joint. So it goes like, oh, and then it it this it, it conversation like, that we had with, was
1: that last year was he when we were talking with Roger On base space. I actually
0: don't remember if he specifically addressed this at base space, but I remember hearing him talk about this. I don't know, you know, in some article, maybe, base yeah, maybe I read
1: or watched the same video or something like yeah. that because I can. Yeah, it makes sense. Exactly that. Yeah. It's it's the
0: difference between the transient of the note and the tail. So if you've ever recorded your bass in a DAW, digital audio workstation, Pro Tools, whatever, and you play a note, there's always an initial attack and then a tail of the note. Like if you just play it without any muting. And in a bolt-on, the idea is, and I'm sure there's tons of examples of, well, but not this bolt-on. Or, but the general idea is that the transient, the very first initial attack of the note is bigger. And then the tail is a bit smaller with a bolt on because it has to deal with this, uh, this neck joint. But, you know, so you could say, Oh, well that's bad because, Oh, there's something that's stopping the vibration. But in a way, these barriers to vibration are what give the instrument its vibe. Right? So when Scott uses the word punchy, that's because you are hearing the transient bigger than the tail of the note. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've, is that right, yeah, Scott? I, something yeah, something like that? like that. Yeah. It basically it sounds like it cuts through more or, or is at least more punchy to the human ear because of that the missing yeah. frequencies. Um, yeah.
0: And and I've got this bass plugged in. Now look, there's tons of different different basses and different things that you know that make up uh what a bolt on sounds like. But if I play this bass here, let's see. This, to me, it has that initial attack.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Now it's a short scale bass. The strings are old. Uh, The pickups are single coils. There's a lot of things going in the vintage direction. But this instrument sound—I freaking love the sound of this bass. It's such a—it's such a character, and it's kind of like old school punchy. And to me, this does not sound like the Specter that I'll play later in the episode. So the next uh, very very
1: different, right?
0: Yeah, and, but I mean, you know, and also the Spectre has EMGs and it's active and there's a lot of things, but just the way that this thing presents its note, it goes poof, and then the, the tail drops a little bit. Now, it still has nice sustain, but that initial attack is
1: bigger than its
0: sustained yeah. tail.
1: Here's a question for you. Um, yep. Of your bass playing Friends... Um, maybe, maybe you don't have any of these friends. But I, maybe I'm just friends with loads of nerdy bass players, and maybe, no, the, maybe no you friends. might, no, you might be friends with just sort of like cooler, cooler bass friends. But like, I have got like a lot of nerdy <laughs> bass friends. Um, okay, yeah, we have yeah, yeah. talked a lot about neck throughs and glues and you know and bolt ons and stuff like that. And I will say, I have got more friends who prefer mm. bolt ons to neck yeah. throughs. How about you?
0: Agreed. Agreed. Oh. Uh, absolutely. Uh, no, absolutely. Yes. Because I think it's the it's the main thing that we're also used to hearing. We're used to hearing the electric bass, like a Fender-style bass or something, you know, and then tart it up, right? A Fender bass with active electronics, like a Sadowski or, you know, different kind of bolt-on construction, like F-bass. But always still, that recipe is pretty damn hard to beat. It's pretty hard to beat. Yeah. And it's hard to like get used to and really like fall in love with a neck through like really deep when you have come up a bolt on player. And here's the thing too: bolt ons are easier to make. They're more um, they're easily more easily assembled. They're easier to work on. So that bolt ons are cheaper. The in the cheaper end of instruments. Yeah. So when you start playing, guess what you play? Nobody is starting out on a Spectre NS2. You know, no one is starting out on a Ken Smith. Everybody starts out on a bolt-on almost. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you kind of get used to it. I think, I don't know, is that, do you feel like that?
1: Yeah, when I was a kid, I always used to just think that the neck throughs were better because they were more expensive,
0: Exactly. I just used to think, oh, they were, yeah, they would
1: just sound awesome because they're neck through and that's more expensive. The neck throughs are always more expensive for the most part because they're yeah. they're trickier to make. You know, there's more uh, more materials and – or not more materials, but there's probably more waste in wood and stuff like that because you've got to get a lot longer yes. cuts of wood. And so I just always thought that the neck through was going to sound better. And ultimately – uh, it turns out that that's not the case. I think that it's just, you know, some people love um, bolt-ons and some people like neck-throughs and yeah. and maybe some people like that's these right. glued necks as well. Ian's just picked up his plexiglass. I'm not sure it's plexiglass, but some kind of see-through <laughs> base. I-
0: I just thought it would be fun to show this. So if you're watching the pod, this is a base that Jake Sarek makes. This is a Lincoln by Sarek, and it is completely made of lucite. So it's completely transparent. So you can actually see how this lovely quarter sawn roasted maple neck is attached with bolts into this base. And this is really interesting because Serix are very sort of vintage throwback, but check it out. No plate and not really a heel. I mean, there's a little bit of one, but it's very like integrated into the curvature heel. That's of the what back is, of We've this been called them
1: blocks. Damn. We should have been <laughs> yeah, them heels. Yeah, yeah. Sorry guys. Uh, it's a heel. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a heel.
0: Right. But yeah, I thought that was cool just to be able to see how that neck is put in there. Right. You can see how it, how deep it goes in. Yeah. How far? So, again, if you are watching the pod, sorry to make you jump on YouTube, but it's uh, it's really cool to see how that works. Um, And then, hey, so we heard the we heard sort of the punchiness of a bolt. Can I pull up a neck through now? You want to move the neck through? Well, do you want to do glued first? Because, because, yeah, because
1: if anybody's wondering, like, what does a glued sound like? What does a, a neck through sound like? It's kind of like the a glued neck is somewhat in between. A bolt on, I think yeah, so. A bolt on and a, a neck through, it's somewhat in between. Um, so there's more energy transfer, more vibration transfer because the actual, um, yeah, as Ian's pulling up this, this Gibson here, and the, they
0: just yeah, look incredible. Look awesome, like it's they? such a lovely way to join, just so, so it's this classic thing where the neck is. Uh, is actually glued into the pocket of the body. And so there's a little bit of, you know, and then they sand around it to kind of join these, the, uh, the spot where it goes in. But then they leave a little lip here on the back. Right. Yeah. That's so cool. And it's just very elegant looking. So this is a Gibson non reverse Thunderbird, but also regular Thunderbirds are this way. And I also believe that I think Rickenbackers are set.
1: Yeah, they're glued. glued. And well. the Kent Smith, that's glued. Yeah. the the dovetails glued. You know, like all of yes. those are glued. Slightly right. different, you know, diff right. in a different way, but still glued. Yeah.
0: Yep. I think like that when when you hear someone talk about a glued neck, I I always picture this kind of style, this like old school design of a Gibson Thunderbird or something. And you'll also hear it referred to as set yeah. neck. So like set and glued are sort of synonymous. Is that right? Would you think that's it is true? Today. <laughs> <laughs> uh so this bass um is going to be more even in its full note so i'm just playing a c again and there is less of a difference to my ear to the top of the note pop, pop. It's l- than its tail pop, pop. yeah yes it doesn't go poof, like the Saku kind of like hits in a different way. And this almost sounds more even. But it is, it is just such a beautiful sound. I love the sound of this bass. It's a great sound of bass, But the whole yeah. thing, yeah, the whole thing sounds more, it sounds more even to me. But, you know, so I don't know. What do you like better, right? But what you can do, then, of course, you can mute it and you get more of a bolt on vibe. There's that big transient, more aggressive, dying tail. But it's still just where when you just play a note open and even with a pick. It presents almost more like. Guitar in a weird way. Kind I don't like know. it got a
1: piano esque sound to it. You know. Yeah. yeah.
0: Sorry, I was muting it there. I won't mute it.
1: I think Ken Smiths are a really great example of that. You know, um, they've got. Should we do it? Yeah. Like no, because actually, I was, I wasn't origi- I wasn't thinking actually of a of a neck through. I mean, a Ken Smith because these. Kent Smiths are actually. Yeah. They're uh, actually glued in, aren't they? They're glued dovetails. But I do think that they have like a real piano type quality to the sound. Yours, yeah, yours let's has got if, jazz uh, bass pickups on this one, right, as well?
0: Yeah, mine has single coil. They're the same company that makes, I think, is it, who makes these pickups, Scott?
1: I've got no idea. Oh, Kenneth, is Ken it Ken Lawrence. Lawrence? Yeah, Ken Lawrence. Ken yeah. Lawrence,
0: yeah. Um, so this bass, this bass needs a little bit more. Let's see. Yeah, so just blend it in the middle. <laughs> what a weird sound. It's so cool, though.
1: So even that, dude. It's so even. So clean. This <laughs> is crazy sounding, isn't it? Yeah, I was talking to you yeah. the other day. I, I did a, uh, I did a live class on my Ken Smith. And I was like, listening through... When you have that sound in your cans, <laughs> it's just pretty crazy. Yeah. It's like... Brutally, um, it's so direct, so direct. And if you drop any (laughs) little note, it like jumps out and like smacks you around the face. And so, I used the Ken Smith and I just played like crap. And then the day after, I played my (laughs) like a jazz bass style instrument, it was totally fine. It's totally fine. (laughs) You make some sort of like farts and so, whatever, right? You you do some sort of like whatever you you mess some notes up, nobody knows, it's fine. But on that Ken Smith, oh so brutal
0: (laughs) yeah i feel like too there is something i don't know why i feel this way but a fender or like a bolt-on style thing does feel more forgiving yeah it's because you get that big rush of initial transient and then kind of that fall off tail and it feels like ah you know more rhythmic or something more like a drum maybe
1: that's it man yeah maybe it's because you just get the initial and then it's gone Mm -hmm. whereas like on something like a smith (laughs) when you play it (laughs) Like stays forever. Stays for overstays there like ah yeah. It's like a house guest
0: that has just overstayed their welcome. You're like, all right, move on. You can go now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you want to hear this neck through? Yeah. Do you have a neck through over there? What have I got? Oh, I've got a weird, a weird glued in actually, just to show everybody how wacky this stuff can get. This is also glued in. Yeah. This is the man. Hey, look at that how cool this is so i'll just show the front of the base like it's obviously outlandishly cool but (laughs) um wooden spaceship yeah but this this goes really far into the body but it's still glued it's still a glued in neck Mm. um and it's uh this is kind of i wouldn't say that this plays like a usual glued in neck because obviously it looks like a Mm -hmm. spaceship but it's still i don't think it has that neck through feel to it. Even though it's there's a lot of that neck going into the body, it's still it's got its own vibe going on, but definitely doesn't come across like a neck through.
0: Oh, it's so cool. Wow. I just love I mean I love the craftsmanship of this stuff. I think it's so I think it's just so interesting looking. Here's the old NS2. This was made by Stuart Specter and the team. I think let's see 2013, Amazing. and this is a classic design, and it's it's a really good example of it too, because you can really see the neck through the body. Like when you see this base, you're like, "Yep, there yeah. it is." It has walnut top, or like a Claro walnut top, and then I also believe just a regular, regular walnut, walnut back. Uh, yeah. back. And then they do this beautiful three-piece billet um, maple. So it's this big chunk, and I've been there. I've seen how they do it. I see what they look for in the grain of the billets. I mean, when you order like a US custom shop, Spectre, it's so much care and love goes into it. It was really cool to see. And then these wings, the wings of the base, you know, of the different material, uh, actually join into the neck through construction with dowels.
1: Got it, okay.
0: I think that's true. I think there's dowels and glue so you know these wings are glued on to the center block but there's also some structure i believe that goes in i might be wrong about that. I've, I've, Will, I've, I've, god yeah, don't kill all,
1: me I've, I've seen it done both ways and i think that it, it's yeah. fine sleep easy Ian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just spreading misinformation. Yeah, yeah. I
0: sometimes forget that people listen to this podcast, but yeah, like uh, this is so classic. And this started up in when when do you know anything about? I mean, sorry to put you on the well, spot. The first neck but the through. first neck throughs. Oh my word! Was that like maybe alembic? <sighs> or I'll tell you one second. Oh, sorry, us. I'm so sorry that I even asked. I shouldn't have even asked. Neck through. Bass. But I feel like it was seventies.
1: Audio Vox just... was the Oh wow. Audio Vox. 60s maybe. Um the first electric bass guitar, the solid body Audio Vox 736, created by Paul Tutmark circa 1937, had a neck through construction um let me just see what this looks like wait did you just say
0: 1937
1: um created by top hall tutmark circa 1937.
0: but this oh i've heard of this but this wasn't the first like commercially made ah. like the first commercially made one was 51 uh fender right <laughs> but yeah see, I, I, don't, I don't i hate that i even asked this question cuz yeah i've heard about the the, the paul guy with the, <laughs> the bass paul guy that people paul, don't really dude. what's his
1: last Tup, name tupmark Tup, tupmark yeah it's actually not easy to to grab that information actually
0: somebody's going to know and they're going to be like it's this person um but i just thought i'd show you the vibe i mean of the uh, of the classic neck through thing now obviously EMGs, it's active, it's a whole it's a whole vibe. Let's see, wait. Yeah. Also just crazy even that's really even, yeah. And less of the nasal thing that the than the Smith
1: yeah. has less to do with the with the, the bolt-on, isn't it? It's to do with the circuitry and stuff like that. The yeah, yeah, electronics, yeah, right, right.
0: I mean, gosh, I love the sound of these basses. I really do love the sound of, like, an EMG-PJ configuration like this. And, yeah, everywhere you go on this bass... It's got a great bass note,
1: response there. It's like a really flat does. note, isn't it? I want you to play one of these songs. I want to get Jonathan Marin to play a Spectre. That's... Jonathan Marin on a said so That'd be a good day. Oh, it'd be yeah, so cool. It'd be a good it'd be day. So cool. But yeah, every
0: single note up high, even on the E string, they all sound the same. And I remember like you, Scott, when I was young, I thought, Oh, well that's better. So I bought a Carvin, <laughs> you know, that was neck yeah, through. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, Oh, that means quality. And it, it, it is a quality, it is a sign of quality in a sense that they are more difficult to make. But it does not mean that the sound that you're going to get is better. It just means the sound is different, baby. It's a different vibe. Yeah,
1: yeah. What's your, what What do you gravitate towards? Actually, I know that. It's Bolton, right? Oh.
0: Yeah, for sure. But I but I have this big appreciation. Like I plug in the Spectre, and I'm like, oh god, yeah. like this thing is cool. Like I love I love that every note is even, no matter where you play it. I love that. It's crazy to me. Um, So sometimes when I play an instrument like this alone, I get this sense of like, oh, this is this is cool. This is better because every note is perfect. Yeah. But then sometimes when I get an instrument like like this or a Ken Smith or, you know, or a Fodera into a live environment, I, I want a bit of that gronk and that the big transient and a a little bit of a fall-off tail and even in recording depending on the recording i mean sometimes the specter is perfect but sometimes i want that classic fender thing that is going to give me that big punchy attack and then a fall off yeah but it's just vibes dude horses horses for
1: courses isn't it like what about you yeah me too bolton i think as well yeah and yeah like I I was thinking then, Do uh, you know, that's sort of like that raspy sound that I get when I dig in. You can get that sort of like real yes. biting sort of like, it's very easy yes. to get on a jazz bass. Um, yeah, it's kind of when I think about that that particular sound, it's very jazz bass-esque. Um, yes. I've never had that audible on a neck through, ever.
0: I know exactly I've what you mean. I've never been it's able like to do like they don't it. give up. Yeah. They don't go. Yeah. <laughs> They're kind of like, Bleh. oh yeah they're they're sort of like i can't believe like i sort of think of like these personalities that you know this is sort of this fine gentleman that, that is like oh, sir sir that is not how you go about playing yeah me. like you hit yeah like, you hit the string you know, like, and then it gives
1: you a real freaking like dirty look it's like what like, are whoa. you doing like, yeah treat me with care treat me with care and be yeah, gentle yeah. you know where the jazz bass is like spank me <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that's so funny i mean yeah you know i i hear you i think that you can i mean obviously you can dig into these things like you know if it i just, just if i turn this guy I down don't know, man. I yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Like, it's sort of still when I'm digging.
1: It's like polite somehow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 It's just a different vibe, <laughs> yeah. and maybe a different frequency that kind of that bites as well. Slightly different, yeah. isn't it? And here, let's go
0: back home. So again, this is the end of the line in terms of, you know, here we have a neck through presentation of a C note. Big sustain. This one is actually pretty punchy at the top of the note, but that is neck through active electronics, right? The note, this is the classic thing of like the spinal tap thing, the note will last forever. The note is still registering, like, a big signal on my meters here. Like, there's still all this low-end content in the note. The C is still, still moving. I mean, it's wild. So when they talk about sustain, there is something to be said for that around um, a neck through. But let's go back to both. Yeah, do
1: it, do it, do it. Somebody I think about as well when I think about neck through is Anthony Jackson. Like... There's just yes. something about his sound—the evenness, the like—because he's not doing that. He's not sort of like cranking the cranking into the note. He's actually
0: right. He's playing light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's that C on back to the voren Saku.
1: Yeah, completely different.
0: Like you hear the. Th- it's almost like acoustic, like. And then the note, there's a lot of sustain on this bass, yeah. but not in the same way. Like, the note is dying now. Because there's energy loss. You can, I feel this. like I
1: can hear the note in a different way. As it, as it sustains, yeah, it's I not know. the full note. It's like part <laughs> right? of the note is sustaining.
0: <laughs> yeah. You can
1: hear it. Can, yeah. I know. Not muting that at
0: all sorry there I guess I was for a minute there but when I let it sustain no it. so here yeah. again I'll yeah. do it one more time here's the C no muting and starts to fall yeah, it away it starts
1: to fall away is yeah. not it yeah Could you see that on your meter as well yeah kind
0: of creep in oh yeah definitely definitely yeah and it gets a big peak at the top Boof, poof like a kick drum and then just starts to fall away, and so then you know you've got people playing these instruments. Like something cool about a lack of sustain. I mean, I, I I don't know about you, Scott, but in the you know when I was like, oh, I want a bass to sustain forever. I want all the evenness. I want every yeah, single mine, thing. Yeah, I did that too. <laughs> but the yeah, the thing about a bolt or the thing about something that doesn't sustain as well is that then you have to rearticulate. And there's something kind of cool about a bass that sounds more like this. Now I'm muting here a little bit. But but there's this vibe of like you need to play. Because when you just play the one note, it goes away. Yeah.
1: I think it's the <laughs> so to, it overrated almost, as well, man. Like Yeah, I agree. But I, I'm with you. Like I that's agree. what I did when I was like younger. I was like, oh, it's gonna you know, I'd go into a bass shop or like play a friend's bass. I'd be like bow and then I'd be like listening to it sustain. Oh, I'm like, oh yeah, it's got yeah. great sustain, <laughs> tap, right? Dude. And yes. reality is like, when He'll do you ever by, hold? Come a... back, it's still yeah, 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 Like when do you ever hold a note on for more than like two bars? Do so it. Mean, <laughs> yeah, very rarely, <laughs> you know, right? Like, it's just, yeah, right. yes.
0: Yeah. And there, yeah, there's something about like Paul McCartney, you know, with a Hoffner and that's, that's, I believe that's a set neck construction, but it's hollow and short scale. So, you know, those basses have a very short, plunky note production. Yeah. And I have this idea that part of the reason Paul sounded like he did is because his bass didn't sustain, you know, yeah. you just have to work with the thing you have. Like, I'm not ever going to expect this Vorinsaku bass to sound like the Spectre. Never. You know, I would play something different on it. I would take a pick and be plunky on it. Yeah. You know, like it, it gives me that kind of vibe. I wouldn't play that same bass line on a Spectre. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it is a lovely, wonderful, complex world. And I
1: freaking
0: <laughs> love it, dude.
1: When I, you, I love it. When I was it. talking about that, when I was talking about the, uh, you might want to hear this the sustain thing I love it too man oh th- there's yeah. one there's one case where you might want sustain more than like a regular bass yes. we're just oh.
0: is that the Willis fretless? yeah gosh, gosh that sounds good
1: Is lovely you know like maybe on fretless you'd want that note to bloom yeah. in a different way saying that i think fretless is just a completely different conversation and well, this might need to be a new episode yeah but i'm here's the here's the deal man <laughs> yeah. here's the deal i yeah. don't know enough about it to really be able to speak about mm. it like i really like what yeah. i do know is that i've played some fretlesses and okay so I'll say this. So, I've played some fretlesses that just, when you play them, they just, like, the note blooms in a completely different way to other fretlesses. Yes. Like, you play that low. This, This bass hasn't got it, actually.
0: That one sounds a little more fretted it's down w- w- low.
1: Yeah, where it's not got this, w- mm. you know, that thing yeah, that some fretlesses have. Wide. Yeah. W-
0: you know, when I was at Spectre talking to, I was talking to them about a fretless build and Will DeYoung, because I was talking about what I wanted and I, you know, I've mentioned on last, you know, on a podcast a number ago that I sold this fretless that I really regret. It was a Zahn and it had that phwoah, this like <laughs> synthy, incredible envelope. And he said that part of that's about construction um, and, you know, material, yeah. but part of it's about action.
1: right? Got like it. That The yeah.
0: action makes a huge like when you have that real fine line between too low of action and it's buzzing just slightly, yeah, yeah, that, that's the thing. Like you play, and as the string is vibrating, it's like the initial it's attack is vibrating
1: against the actual board. Yes, so it's against like, the Wah. fingerboard. Yeah, it's, it's given this, it, it's rattling. Yeah. It's essentially, like a sitar.
0: Yeah, you yeah. know. And that when you get the action in a place, like high action fretless doesn't moi in the same way. It doesn't have that long, like, buildup of
1: low yeah, yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, kind of goes yeah, yeah
0: It goes po, versus low action, low strings on a fretless, phwoah, because they're buzzing a little. And... Yeah, he he was he got really geeky about it and it was amazing and I hope we do I hope we do this build. But it's uh you know, he was like, "Oh, the wood combo neck through with low action will give you just like synthy envelope sustain." I was like, "Oh my uh, god." It's like a
1: dream. I know, yeah. <laughs> I I will also say as well that some fretless basses are easier to play in tune than, than others. Um, mm. or more forgiving so mm. th- this fretless actually is not very forgiving at all it's got mm. the bridge pickup down here so when you play it
0: gosh it sounds so good though <laughs> but you just sound really nice playing it also yeah, like i just
1: played a ton of fretlesses uh yeah. i think that yeah, so this one isn't very forgiving, whereas I've played other ones where it, it's just sort of like so much easier to get like, a, yeah, to, to feel like you're playing it in tune. And I think what the difference is, it's like, do you know when we are talking about the Ken Smith and the sound, mm. the tone of that note is so, yes. there's so much mid-presence in the note that you just yes. cannot... Yes. If you if you do anything wrong, it's just going to jump out and slap you in the face. It's like super unforgiving. <laughs> yeah, right. I think the same thing with fretless yes. is like some have got more. Yeah, some if you if you're a little bit out of tune, you're going to really hear it. Some of them, it's not mm. going to be as obvious. And I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like, I think that this, even though it's less forgiving as a fretless, might be there might be a bonus in that because when you're playing it, you can really hear whether it's in or out in terms of, you know, your your tuning, whereas on something else, it might be a little bit more forgiving. But with that, it's a little harder to hear whether you're bang on in tune or not. And also just to put it out there as well that, you know, I think with Fretless... You can play out of tune a little bit. I was listening to, and it doesn't sound <laughs> bad, you know, I was listening to something that Hadrian yesterday. was playing yesterday, um, and he was playing an F-based fretless on it. And it was there was little bits of it that were slightly flat, and I was like, I don't think that takes away from it at all. It just sounded amazing. <laughs> yeah, it didn't sure. sort of, like, offend yeah. me at all. I wasn't like, oh, this is horrible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think there is some sort of, like, there's a bit of forgiveness, too, like, around upright playing, too. You know, like, you hear jazz, uh, like, even the greats were never always in tune. I mean, intonation is always a a fight, always. And there's something kind of beautiful about the struggle... Of playing a note and then adjusting the note on a fretless because it's just constant adjustment. Yeah. You're never like I feel like on a fretless, I never anyway play a note and I'm like, oh, there, perfect. <sighs> it's like I'm always like, oh, is it a little and then I'm kind of vibrato and I'm trying to find the center. Yeah. yeah. You know, where like the pitch center. But there is a bit of like, yeah, it's never empirically correct. So you kind of are always it, actually to me it's almost exhausting to play fretless because I I feel like I'm thinking about intonation just constantly like I'm I'm self uh,
1: evaluating you know like, I'm asking yeah, myself yeah yeah, yes, yeah, I'm, yeah exactly
0: I'm evaluating every single note I play I'm like ooh was that in you know and like it keeps me really engaged but it's also like, you out as well like you're never like yep that's a C you know you're never <laughs> you're never like. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just like no, it's always a little, little funky.
1: Yeah, we should do. We should actually do a. Uh, we Let's should do a fretless, do a fretless episode. episode. That'd be a blast. Actually, I do. Let's do you know do what? I, t- yep. I still toy with the idea about just going fretless. Look like as a thing. <laughs> you know, like a few months ago, we were like. This is like- we're just going to play slap bass. What kind of what kind of musician? <laughs> I'm, I'm a slap bass player. Oh, a bass player? No, oh, a slap dude. bass. Player. All I play is slap. No. no. Whereas, like, yeah, oh, I'm God. thinking about it. I'm just something I'm really loving about fretless at the minute, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah.
0: Lean in, baby. Lean in. Now it's the hunt for Excalibur fretted and Excalibur yeah. fretless.
1: The thing that I love about <laughs> fretted that I will say is that I do, you can't get that what we were talking about earlier actually when we when you're playing that jazz bass or bolt-on style instrument you dig in and that note look get gives you that sort of like real like bleh, yeah that kind of let me just yep i'll just grab this let me just grab this jazz bass because it's it's so good at it do you have
0: the lever yeah oh
1: hang on nearly there
0: yeah, there is something about note presentation on a classic Fender instrument that is <sighs> intoxicating. It's like when you smack it. Is that the Oliva? It
1: is. It is So, you yeah. guys. Yeah. You know, like that. I'm sorry. I know that the volume is probably that. really low.
0: No, no, no. I actually it's hear okay. it okay. Yeah, the- try, try again.
1: Yeah. I like I love it. Yeah, smack. And you are right, dude. Bolts. Yeah, like I've never got that Yeah. I've never do had that. that tone on a on a neck suit, ever.
0: Right, or, or on a fretless, or on a Gibson set neck. Yeah, none of that. Yeah, or on a yeah, right. None of that. It's like a Fender style bolt-on thing. And this is why, Scott, this is why everybody needs 40. Damn
1: right. Damn right. Oh
0: because you got to have one of those that's got fresh steel strings. You got to have one that's got half dead nickels. You got to have one of those that's got uh flats on it. You got to have You know what I'm saying? You got to have one for a different tuning. You got to have one that's your yeah, favorite color. Absolute, Come on, Absolutely,
1: dude. man. But oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, but I don't think Very I could lose cool,
0: this. Man. No, because that also sounds like you. I mean, you were doing that on P basses years ago like that sounds like you and i don't play that way at all i can kind of fake it but i don't feel yeah 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 yeah, yeah. oh it's such a cool vibe man that's just not required of me very often like you know you'll never play on somebody's record and do that let me
1: see if if i can play that on the fretless you'll hear that it just doesn't translate at all
0: yeah 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 do it
1: see guys you should be going to get the uh Get it on
0: the YouTube channel if you're not on it already. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. Get on that YouTube channel. It's it's sort of it like just it's it saying just, just, to you, yeah. no, no, it's saying to it you, just no thank do you, it. no thank you. It's like lighter approach, please. <laughs> Yeah. that's a cool vibe dude yeah 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 oh yeah the slidey harmonic Let's see now this thing is plugged in <laughs> let me see if this can do it too so bolty is that a bolt yeah it's a short scale, so it's a different vibe. But I mean, it gives up yeah. that spank.
1: It's still got it.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> so funny. Yeah, it's cool. It's just a different, you know, different thing to like that Fender, that active it's kind, di- of like it's Fender kind of Fender sound. It's got
1: a different frequency. The, the 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 bite, that yeah. bark, is a different frequency. That's more mid. Yes. Whereas like, the the, the yes. jazz bass there was more. Kind of scooped. Uh, Yeah. Bottom and top has got like a scoop. And and when you, so when it bites, you've got like a lot of high and a lot of low rather than that that bass frequency. Oh, God. Just bathing in bass at the minute. This is awesome.
0: (laughs) Dude, this was fun. This was fun. Jeez,
1: listen to that. Oh, dude, check this out. (laughs) Sorry. Shall I just play? I'll play you this. Tell me what the, and the play me. Uh, let's play him out. Let's play, I'll play, play you us out, out, Scott. This to is the track out? that I've been uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: we'll do it live. All right, we'll do it live. I, I might, I might, Bill com- O'Reilly, you know that no.
1: bit? I might completely oh, mess geez. this up. Oh, hang on, I'll no, do on. it.
0: You got it. Um.
1: Like, like that you can't do that on a friend. hell yeah you can't do dude. it afraid
0: no you cannot that's a vibe man i mean that is like a that is a thumbprint sound wow dude that's lovely that's lovely that's this gonna be what, so fun i wish i could be there me too man I just wanna, this is yeah i just want to make the coffee for you guys and hang oh,
1: man maybe we can do something oh, very man. cool like it'd be great if you could come over Let's, yes. oh i know see you in a month emily <laughs> <laughs> oh my word oh my god anyhow man. should we call him?
0: um hey yeah. this was fun let's do let's do uh something on fretless yeah it would be really cool because i've got it you know that i have a bb an 80s bb what's, fretless? It, like? what's
1: it sound like
0: have Fucking you got it awesome plug it in yeah it's gonna wait no way dude that's oh. next episode.
1: Oh. Oh. <laughs> Oh, bring it on, bring it on. Okay, this episode coming up. Okay, guys. Um, Hopefully, if you've been listening to this, you'll go check out the YouTube... Uh, the uh, the YouTube podcast that we've got on. It's called Scott's Bass Lessons um, Podcast on YouTube. Go subscribe on there and you can check out all of the video podcasts. And uh, yeah, and if you want to come and learn from Ian as well, he- we will help you become better bass players and inspire you sure will. Uh, to pick up your bass more and and inspire you to misbehave and buy more basses as well. If you want to do that, come over to scottsbasslessons.com, yeah. yeah. grab a free trial and give it a test drive. And listen, if you're
0: checking out this pod on YouTube, leave us a comment. Um, If you're checking it out anywhere else, uh, please also leave us a review. Give us that five-star rating. If you're on YouTube, shoot us a comment. Let us know what you want to hear. Uh, If there's a piece of gear, if there's a topic you want to talk about, I go through and I read these comments. So we are trying to give you guys what you want. So far, you've told us that you want gear. We have seen that very clearly. But if there's something else, too, that you are clamoring to hear about, we got you. We will always... Try to provide what you want. Absolutely.
1: Cool, guys. Okay, let's call it. See you in a bit, dudes. Bye.
0: Cheers, everybody.